Amen. Put your hands together for them. Be on your feet. Shall we be on our feet? And lift up your hands and begin to thank God this morning. Begin to bless His name in the name of Jesus. If God has shown you mercy this morning, if you have seen the goodness of the Lord in your life this morning, I want you to wave your hands and begin to thank Him. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you this morning. The Lord, you have looked upon us with your mercy and you have shown us your goodness in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning, Lord, we bless you. We give you praise, we give you glory in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this day. Open your mouth and thank God. Open your mouth and thank God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the life that you have given us. We thank you for saving our souls in the name of Jesus and preserving our souls, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you have snatched us from hellfire in the name of Jesus and you have given us your salvation that we should not be lost. We are grateful, Lord, this morning. We are grateful, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you. We exalt your name. We magnify your name. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for the excellency of your spirit that is at work in us. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for the church, Lord. We thank you for the church salvation clinic, international ministries. We thank you for the souls that you have saved through Salvation Clinic International Ministries. We thank you for the deliverance that you have brought to your children through your seven-day evangelist in Nigeria. We thank you in the name of Jesus for healing your children through him. We thank you for your anointing that is upon his life in the name of Jesus. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for your anointing that is upon this altar. And we stand upon this altar this morning and we say thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. When we see the things you have done, Upon this altar, when we see the things you have done in this church, Lord, we say thank you. We say thank you. We thank you for the saving power that is at work in the church. We thank you for your healing power that is at work in the church. We thank you for your deliverance power that is at work in the church. We thank you for your prophetic unction that is upon our bishop. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we are gathered unto you this morning. Rakada Lake Abasha Takaba, Lakada Lava Shatakaba, 
we are gathered unto you this morning in the name of Jesus. We have come unto Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are in your presence this morning. As you are passing, as you are passing, do not pass us by. Touch every one of us here in the name of Jesus. And that which you have purpose to give us, may we receive it in the name of Jesus. May he not pass us by in the name of Jesus. Every heart that is troubled this morning will lift it before you, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. That your heart, your peace may reign in every troubled heart in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Anybody that is standing here this morning, we take away the cloth of sadness. We take away the heaviness that is upon everybody here in the name of Jesus. Clothe us with a cloth of joy in the name of Jesus. Anoint our head with oil and cause our cups to run over in the name of Jesus. May we be changed into your glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. As we behold your word as a glass of mirror, may we be transformed and metamorphosed into your glory in the name of Jesus. By your power that is at work in our midst this morning. Precious Holy Spirit, now we thank you. We thank you for being in our midst this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you for bringing the presence of the Lord to us this morning. Yes, Lord, we thank you. You are in our midst to heal the sick. You are in our midst to deliver the captive in the name of Jesus. You are in our midst to bind the brokenhearted. You are in our midst to bring the gospel to the poor in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. We thank you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your life that is coming into our life this morning. In the name of Jesus, yes, Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise as we wave our hands to you. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you thanks, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Kapa Shanta Kapa Rakapa Baba Kandalaba Likapaha Likapa Shanta Kapa Likatakada Rapa Baba Shanta Kapa Kandalaba.
your hands together for the Lord. You may be seated. On behalf of my father, the bishop, I welcome all of you specially to this morning's anointing service. You are all welcome. This is, um, I think, the second Sunday of February. Amen. And we thank God for his goodness. We thank God for how far he has brought us. We thank God for showing us mercy. And we thank God for his anointing that is upon our Father, which he has sent us to bring his word to you. We thank God for his word this morning. And we know God is going to bless you through his word this morning. And that he's going to open the eyes of your understanding to know that which you have never known. And we know that through his word, he is bringing deliverance to you this morning. He is bringing salvation to you this morning. He is bringing healing to you this morning and your life will never be the same. He is going to turn your life around this morning. He is going to cause a dramatic shift in your life this morning. He is going to cause a shift that will be very drastic and that will be very dimensional. A man will see you and wonder where has he been? Where has she been? You tell them the Lord was preparing him. And it's time for him to showcase you to the world. Amen. Amen. And so whatever I bring you this morning it's not the words of my own. It is that which my father has given me. It's the same have I brought to you this morning. And so pay attention this morning. Anything that shall be a distraction to you. Anything that shall hinder you from receiving the word of God this morning. Put everything aside this morning. Speak to your hearts this morning. And say hearts. Listen to the word of God. For it is the word. That will bring you deliverance. Every burden. Every heaviness in your heart every sadness in your heart it will take the word of God to dispel it and it will take the word of God to bring joy to your heart amen praise it Jesus is alive and so this morning this is what my father has given me to share with you as you are all aware we are in the year of divine wisdom and power. And all that we are being taught this year from the beginning of the year has been a wisdom of God. Today we are going to learn about some wisdom keys. Wisdom keys. Tell your neighbor, wisdom keys. Wisdom keys. Amen. Amen. And so the title or the topic of today's message is the wisdom keys for supernatural shifts. The wisdom keys for supernatural shifts. And these are the keys that are going to cause a supernatural shift in your life. When we talk about a shift, a shift, what you want. It means you were either sitting here or standing here. And all of a sudden, you are standing here. 
There has been a shift in where you were standing. There has been a shift in your life. The shift could be a jump. It could be a leap. It could be a flight. They are all shifts. And so depending on how you receive the word of God this morning, that is how you see the shift of God in your life this morning. And so if you receive the word of God as the shift is coming to you in a step, that is how the shift is going to be. But if you receive it, you see a shift in flying. That is how it is going to be to you this morning. It all depends on you. The one that is hearing me this morning. And so listen very well. Let us go to Isaiah chapter 60. From verse 1 to verse 3. If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles. Let us read together. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. He says, Arise, shine, shine. Notice something. He didn't say arise and shine. He says arise, shine, shine. It means whilst you are rising, you are shining. If he had said arise and shine, it means after you had arisen, that is when you begin to shine. But he says arise, shine. So whilst rising, you are shining. Whilst rising, you are shining. He says, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. It says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee. His glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Jump to the verse 8. He says, who are these that fly as a cloud and as a dove to their windows? Who are these that fly as a cloud as a dove to their windows? Let's go back to verse 1. This time around, give me the amplified version. Let us look at something. Praise him. Jesus is alive. He says, Arise sorry? from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. He says, Shine, meaning be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, Darkness shall cover the earth. And dense darkness. All peoples. But the Lord shall arise upon you. O Jerusalem. And his glory shall be seen on you. And nations shall come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. Who are fly like a cloud and like those to their windows. It says arise from your depression, from the prostration that has kept you in life and circumstances that have kept you down. 
And he said, Arise unto a new life. Is there a depression in your life? Are you experiencing a depression? Are you experiencing a casting down? The Bible says, Arise. He says, Arise. Arise from that depression. From that casting down. Because says, when men are cast down, then shall we say there is a lifting up for us. And so he is telling you, if there are circumstances that have beaten you down, if there are circumstances that are knocking you down, he says, arise from this depression, from this prostration with which circumstances have kept you, and rise to a new life. He says, shine. If you did not have the ability to shine, he will not tell you to shine. It is because he has put the ability to shine in you. That is why he says shine. He knows that you can arise. That is why he says arise. And he knows that you can shine. Because the ability to shine. And the ability to rise. He has deposited it in you. He has put it in you. That is why he is asking you this morning. To arise and shine. To arise. To shine. And so you have the ability to arise this morning. You have the ability to shine this morning. And nothing shall dim your light. He said we are like a city that is set upon a hill. He says we are the light of the world. And our light shall never be hidden. Amen. Amen. That is why wherever we go we are noticed. Because we are the light of this world. We are shining. We are shining. Amen. Amen. So this morning, my service objective to you this morning is that you understand what it takes or what it entails to experience a supernatural shift in all realms. And that is the wisdom keys that we are coming to speak about. The forces that will activate this supernatural shift in your life. In this 2022. Whilst we are experiencing the, the divine wisdom of God. And his power. We will experience the supernatural shift. In our lives. As well. Amen. Amen. So key number one. What it takes for you to experience the supernatural shift in your life. Key number one. The knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. Amen. Amen. Through the knowledge of God. You will experience a supernatural shift in your life. Matthew chapter 16 verse 16 to 19. Matthew 16, verse 16 to 19. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Amen. Look at how his knowledge about the Lord has caused a dramatic shift in his life. A dimensional shift in his life. Jesus was asking them that who do men say I am? And all of them started answering. Said people say you are the prophet. You are Elijah. You are this. You are that. Jesus said it is good. But who do you say I am? So Jesus is asking you this morning. Who do you say I am? But he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? In other words, who do you say I am? And they were all quiet. There was deafening silence there. And Peter, he said, You are the Christ. You are the Christ. The Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus in turn answered him. He said, yes, you are also Peter. But I say unto you, that upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he said, I will give unto you the keys to heaven. He never gave the keys to any of the disciples. But Peter, because of his knowledge about him. Amen. How well do you know the Lord? How well do you know God? Who is he to you this morning? Amen. Amen. He says, to get closer to God is to shift higher in life. If you know him deeper, he shifts you higher. And so the more you know him, the higher he shifts you. The deeper you know him, Amen. Praise him. So the more you know him, the deeper knowledge you know of him, you have about him, the higher he shifts you. The higher he shifts you in all realms that concerns your life. Amen. So as you get to know him more, as you get to know him deeper, the higher he takes you, the higher he shifts you. And you see, the more you know him, the closer you get to him. The more you know him, the closer you get to him. And let me tell you this. The closer you get to him, the farther you move away from men. It is like the eagle. The higher it goes, the easier it becomes for it to soar. Amen. Amen. That is why you don't find the eagle on land. Because its territory is in the air. And so the closer you get to God, the closer you get to know Him through His Word, the higher and the deeper He takes you. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen. 
says, and we all beholding as in a glass. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So in other words, and we all with open faces, unveiled faces, beholding us in a mirror, the word of God. And the last time Papa demonstrated to us how the word of God as a mirror transforms our lives. So whilst you stand in front of the mirror, you see your image. You see your image. So if there is any bump on your cheek, if there is any cut on your forehead, you are able to identify it. And you try as much as possible to conceal it. So that people don't see and say, what has cut your forehead? And the same thing, as we get closer to God through His Word, and behold His Word, we see ourselves in His Word. And His Word says, we are transformed. We are from glory to glory from one level of glory to another by his spirit amen amen praise him jesus is alive let us look at genesis chapter 5 verse 22 to 24 genesis chapter 5 after he begat methuselah enoch walked with god 300 years and had sons and daughters. Verse 23. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And he says, And Enoch walked with God. And he was not for God who came away. He says, And Enoch walked with God. He had a walk with God. He moved with God. He got closer to God. To the extent that there was a shift in his life. He could no longer exist on earth as man. Because he had gotten so close to God. He had known God so much so that God considered him not fit to be on this earth. That God had to take him away. Not that he died. He did not die. The Bible says he was no more. For God took him. For God took him. This is the, the dimension that God wants to take us. When we upgrade our knowledge about him. That we walk with him so much. That people will see us. And immediately they will say, this person is a Christian. That is how the disciples were first described as Christians in Antioch. They saw their behavior. The way they spoke. The way they, they talked. How they did their things. And they said, these are Christians. For they have been with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. So if we shall upgrade our knowledge about Him and go deeper, we will see His glory. And men will see us and see His glory in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So the second point 
That enki. The force of light. We are talking about the keys. That the wisdom keys that will give us supernatural shape in this 2022. And the first one we said is the knowledge of God. And the second one is the force of light. That's the force of the word of God. Back to Isaiah chapter 16. Verse 1. It says, Arise, shine, for your light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. It says, Arise, shine. It is because there is light in you. That is why he says you should shine. Because it is only light that shines. The verse 8. He says, Who are these? That fly as cloud and as the doves to their windows. So the force of the light of the word of God will cause a dramatic shift in your life. A shift from a place that God has not ordained for you to a place where God has ordained for you. A shift from a place of no knowledge and no understanding to a place full of knowledge and understanding to a place from a place of darkness into a place of light from a place of confusion into a place of peace and clarity of mind that is the shift God is bringing in through the light of his word Amen Galatians chapter 2 verse 2. Quickly. Galatians chapter 2 verse 2. Let's go. And I went by and I went up by revelation and communicated unto them the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. Amen. Amen. Since and I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation. Lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. And so by by the light of the word of God which would upgrade your knowledge you will know what to say where to say it and how to say it and so at every point in time you know what to say you know how to say it and you know where to say it because God would have given you understanding that the same thing you are communicating if you should communicate the same thing to Mr. A in that same way he will take it in good faith but should you communicate the same thing in the same way to Mr. B he will be offended and so God will give you a revelation about the various hearts that are receiving so you know how to communicate it and communicate it rightly so that you do not run in vain so that your preaching is not in vain so that your talking and your efforts are not in vain Amen Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8 to 9 
unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9. And to make all men see what is in the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. This is Paul speaking. We are Paul, he said, I am the least so among the least of the saints. He was of nobody. But because of the encounter, the, the divine supernatural shift he had in his life, God found him worthy to preach the gospel to the Gentiles and to bring the message of salvation unto all men. Amen. Amen. So these are the divine keys we are looking at that will cause a supernatural shift in our lives. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 He says, Call unto me and I will answer you. It doesn't end there. He said, I will show you things he said, great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He says, call unto me and I will answer you and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So when the supernatural shift of God comes into your life, He brings your understanding. He brings to your knowledge. He opens your eyes to things that you never knew. Things that hitherto you never considered. He opens your eyes. So you are a businessman, you are a businesswoman. You are a petty trader. You carry things on your head to go and sell. You have been using the same roots over and over. But when there is a supernatural shift in your life, one day, God tells you to go the other way. And you realize that I had so much target market there that I never knew. And now this begins the supernatural shift in your life. And so you go there and the sales that proceed from that place is able to change you from a head store into your own container or into your own store. Amen. Amen. That is the supernatural shift we are talking about. Hallelujah. Amen. Light is key to shift. And it is a key to lift. Because it will bring that shift into your life. Amen. And light brings speed. If you see what you haven't seen before out of scripture, you will see what you haven't seen before out of your life. What you have never seen before, if you should see it in the scriptures, something you haven't seen in the scriptures before, the day you see it, that thing which you have never seen out of your life, your life before will begin to appear. Because it would have brought your knowledge to that. That that thing exists in your life. Like in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. He says, arise, shine. All your life, 
You have never arisen. You have never shown. But he says, Arise. He is opening your eyes to something you have never seen in the scriptures before. And so now, when you see this, everything that is sleeping in your life, you begin to command it to arise. And you begin to command it to shine. Because when that thing arises in your life, it must shine for the world to see. Because he says, The whole creation. Is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Because God has set a time for you to be manifested. And the moment you come to know this and you begin to manifest that which you never saw out of your life, you begin to see it. And so this morning, you have seen that the scripture says arise because the ability to arise is in you. Amen. Amen. It's like me telling this gentleman, rise up. Sorry. He rose up because the ability to rise up is in him. Amen. Amen. And God knows that that ability is in you. The ability to rise upon your feet and to radiate his light and to shine is in you. And so that is why he's telling you that arise. You may be seated. God bless you. That is why he is telling you to arise. And what is he telling you to arise from? Like we saw in the Amplified Version. He says arise from the depression. From the prostration that circumstances have kept you. And he says arise unto a new life. A new life of glory. A new life of full of power. And of the wisdom of God. A new life of influence. A new life of divine health. And so if sickness has kept you down, if sickness has kept you down, I am admonishing you this morning that arise from this sickness. And by the time we leave here this morning, whether knowingly or unknowingly, you shall arise from every sickness that is keeping you down, from every depression that is keeping you down. And you begin to shine. And you begin to shine. And men will see your light and give glory to God. Amen. Praise Him. What you see out of the word Affect what you stand in the world. It affects where you stand in the world. What you see in the world affects where you stand in the world. It shows your position in the word of God. So until you see that thing in the world, you cannot lay a hold of it. He says, see, darkness may cover the earth. He says, gross darkness, the people. But he says, you, the glory of God, shall come upon your life. And he says, the nation shall come to your brightness. They shall come to your light. They shall come to your light. Have you wondered why at your workplace, among your peers, among your colleagues, whenever they need an advice concerning something, it is you that they call. He says, I want to do this. What do you think about it? I want to move here. What do you suggest? But unknown to you, God is making your light shine to them. But you do not know. That is why you are not 
shining as bright as you should. But now you know. So now you know your position in the word of God. And so when men begin to come to you for counsel, for inspiration, you should know that God is causing you to shine to them. And that light that he is causing you to radiate, to emit to them, must draw them to the world. He must draw them to himself. Amen. Amen. Praise him. Jesus. The third key, the force of prayer. The force of prayer. How many of you were here on Tuesday for the teaching service? If you didn't come, you missed so much. Because you may be wondering, maybe asking, and might have asked before, what do I gain by praying? And last week, we saw what we gained by praying. We saw what we gained by praying. And for instance, he says, when we pray, our strength is renewed. When we pray, he said, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as the eagle. They shall run and not faint. They walk and not be weary. But he says, young, although young men may faint and utterly fall, but you that waits upon the Lord in your waiting in prayer, which is causing that supernatural shift in your life, you are strengthened. It brings strength to you. Amen. And you see, like I told you everything I'm saying to you. It is that which my father has given me. Do I bring to you? He says prayer is a supernatural transformer or upgrader of life. How many of you have seen an ECG transformer before? If you have seen transformer before, let me see by hand. Transformer. Transformer. Who knows what the purpose of a transformer is? Now, what transformer does is that when the let me say when the light is too much, where there is fluctuations, it stables the light. So when the voltage is too high, it brings it to the acceptable level. And when the voltage is too low, it brings it to that acceptable level. And so prayer is that transformer that transforms your life. And so when you are at the lowest point of your life and you pray, it brings you to that acceptable level. Amen. Praise Him. So prayer will transform your life from the valley to the mountain top. And it gives you that mountain-like experience. And it causes you to walk on the mountain top. Amen. And so your prayer is a transformer that transforms your life. And so if there is no transformation in your life, then that means there is no transformer. Meaning there is the absence of prayer. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. Amen. Amen. He said, Prayer is a spiritual force of charge 
And the person that prays is changed by his prayer. Genesis chapter 32 verse 24 and this was Jacob. He says, Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Verse 25. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Let's continue. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Amen. Amen. So you have seen the change in his life. You have seen the supernatural shift in his life. He says your name will no longer be called Jacob. The supplanter. But your name shall be Israel, for you have wrestled and struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And you see how Israel prevailed. And Israel is the dearest nation to God. Amen. Amen. So through prayer, there was a supernatural shift from being Jacob to being Israel. The same way if you shall engage in prayer, there will be a supernatural shift in your name. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. I hope you are learning something. Second Chron- First Chronicles chapter four, verse nine to ten. If the name that your parents gave you is affecting your name. Because that the meaning of that name is what is manifesting in your life. The sure solution is prayer. Now Jabez was honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. Despite the fact that he was honorable than all his brethren. The name that the mother gave him affected him. Because the mother said, I bore him out of pain. And they gave the name Jabez to him. Let's look at the verse 9. The verse 10. He says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me. And that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. He was in pain. He was in anguish. He was troubled. But he cried unto the Lord that if thou will bless me and cause your hand to be upon me, enlarge my territory, enlarge my coast, that I may not cause pain and keep me from evil. And God heard him and he granted what he requested. So you see how prayer 
is a transformer that transforms the life of people. And prayer I know has equally transformed your life. Because this is a place of prayer. And all of us, one way or the other, our lives have been transformed because of the prayers that were prayed here. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Amen. The force of prayer is a force of escape from the influence of supernatural gravitational forces. He says, it's a force that will take you away from spiritual gravitational forces. There are some of us, we are always pulled to the wrong thing. We are always attracted to the wrong places. We always go at the wrong time. You need something. You call a friend. Says, I need ABCD. He said, oh, sorry. If you had called an hour ago, I wouldn't have given it to this person. The next day, you are going to visit someone. You go and say, oh, sorry, if you had called me earlier, I would have waited for you. You needed a job. You went. I said, sorry, you came late. If you had come yesterday or last month, looking at your CV, looking at your qualification, you qualify. But you didn't come early. That is the gravitational force that is pulling you to the wrong things. It is taking you to the wrong places. You alone, wherever you go, there is always confusion there. And it affects you. It doesn't matter how honorable you look and how honorable you are. These forces of Spiritual gravitation pulls you to the wrong place. But prayer is that force that will pull you away from going to the wrong place. Because when you pray, the Bible says, and you hear a voice behind you telling you go this way or go that way. You will hear the voice. It may not be an audible voice. But you may hear it through his word. Whilst you are listening to the message. On your own. Whilst you are listening to the Geshem. It just dawned on you. It said dress up. And go to this place. You don't know why you had the feeling to dress up and go. But whilst going, you meet a friend you have met in a very long time. And he asks you, So what are you doing now? He says, I'm out of job. He said, Oh, there is a job opening at my workplace. Send me your CV. And that is it. That is it. You just dressed up. Probably you were going to buy a fried yam by the roadside. Whilst listening to the Geshem, whilst listening to the message, you felt you were hungry. So you were going to buy fried yam. And that is where you met that person. Amen. Amen. It could be you are home. You have been praying for marriage. You have been praying for marriage. The men are not coming. One day, whilst listening to the message, there is an understanding, there is an enlightenment. 
that he says go to this place maybe just, just go and sit at the beach go to the mall you don't have anything particular in mind to go and buy whilst you boarded the trotro someone said hello to you and you said hi yes sir and that was it and there was a supernatural shift in your life whilst you were sat on that bench alone thinking about yourself someone came to sit by you and said hello and you responded hi that was the beginning of the supernatural shift amen amen he says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. He says, this is the way. This is the way. Walk in it. Walk in it. So if you shall listen to the message, the Geshem, which we have been talking to you about, it will give you that direction that you need. It will give you that voice that will tell you, walk in this way. Because this is the way. Amen. Praise Him. So that spiritual gravitational pull that attracts you to the wrong place that attracts you to the wrong people that takes you nowhere when we engage in prayer prayer becomes a counter gravitational force that pulls you to the right place at the right time and to the right people amen and i see that pull in your life i see that force pulling you that gravitational pull of the supernatural is pulling you to the right place amen at the right time and to the right people amen and you will never miss this Amen. 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 Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Amen. The fourth key. We have been looking at the keys of supernatural shift in our lives in this 2022. The force that is going to activate this supernatural shift and one we said is the knowledge of God. The second one we said is the force of God's life which is His word. And the third one we said was the force of prayer. It says pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And you see, this was the force of prayer that was, that was working in Daniel's life that caused a supernatural shift in his life. Daniel was a stranger. Let's go to Daniel chapter 6. Let's look at Let's read from the verse 1. He said, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. Verse 2. And over these three governors, and of whom Daniel was one. So, for instance, let us take it into Ghana. So, the president decided to appoint. 100 ministers and out of these 100 ministers he decided to appoint three 
super ministers. And these three super ministers will be in charge of these hundred ministers. And out of these three, Daniel was one. But Daniel is not a Ghanaian. Daniel, let's say, was a Nigerian. But he says, it pleased the king. It pleased the president to make him a minister. And he said, and over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give accounts to them. So Daniel, who is or was not a Ghanaian, the president was pleased. To make him a governor over the ministers. That the ministers who are Ghanaians, who are citizens of Ghana, might report to Daniel. And this offended them. They said, and that the satraps might give account to them, so that the king will suffer no loss. Let's continue. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm he says and this daniel who was amongst the three governors that was set over the hundred ministers the bible says there was an excellent spirit in him he distinguished himself because there was an excellent spirit in him and the king thought of setting him over the whole realm over the whole of Ghana becoming second to the president let's continue so the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom but they could not find any charge or fault because he was faithful nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel, unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps strung before the king, and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. Verse 7. And the governors of the kingdom the administrators and the satraps, the counselors and the advisors have com- consulted together. And you see, that is what they do against you. When they have seen that your boss or your leader is pleased with you, and so he is always giving you responsibility. He's always promoting you. What they do is that they consult against you to find a fault against you. But when you read the verse 10, he said, when Daniel got to know of this, he was not moved. And he said, he prayed the more this time around, he opened his window towards Jerusalem. And he prayed the more that they may hear and know that he is praying. Because God was going to make him known to all men. So they that are conspiring against you, your prayer will put them in trouble. Your prayer will cause their defeat. Amen. Amen. And so the force of prayer 
will cause a supernatural shift in your life. Amen. Amen. The fourth key. The force of fasting. Come to to me. You may be asking, why did I not talk about prayer and fasting? They are different. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30 and 31. It said, Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord, and you wait upon the Lord in fasting and in prayer and in His word. Amen. Amen. He said they shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. Amen. So the force of fasting will cause a supernatural shift in your life by giving you strength by renewing your strength and giving you that ability that will cause you to run and not be weary that will cause you to walk and not faint Amen Praise Him Isaiah 58 verse 6 and 8 Verse 6, Isaiah 50, 58 verse 6. He said, Is this not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be real, your, your real God. Amen. Amen. There is a connection between fasting and lifting. If you know how to fast, Papa says you will know how to go fast. If you know how to fast, you will know how to go fast. And you will know how to be fast. And he says, fasting opens the doors of light. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your real God. Amen. The fifth key is divine encounter. Divine encounter. He says divine encounter is a supernatural shifter and a lifter of lives and destinies. Amen. Amen. And we see in the Bible how God advanced Moses by an encounter and turned him into a national leader. By the, by the encounter he had at the burning bush, God made him the leader of Israel. By encounter. Paul, who was then a Saul, was then Saul, on the way to Damascus, when he had the encounter with Jesus Christ, his life turned around. And he wrote almost half of the New Testament. Amen. Amen. And the kind of revelations he had because of divine encounter. Praise him. Jesus is alive. Let's look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. 
Exodus chapter 3. Verse 1 to 10. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. Praise him. Praise him. Jesus is alive. The point where you decide to give your attention to God is the point where your divine encounter which will result in a supernatural shift. All this while, Moses had been wandering in the desert, feeding the sheep, the flock of his father-in-law. But this time, he saw something peculiar, something spectacular. He watched it from afar. But he said, no, I will give my attention to this. So God says, Give me your heart. Give me your attention. Incline your ears unto my saying. You are hearing me. You have been hearing the message. You have been listening to Papa. You have been listening to the Geshem. But this particular day, you were hearing the message. You were listening to the message. All of a sudden, you decided to pay attention. And there was a word. And there was a word. And that is the word that will change your life. Praise Him. So at every particular point in time, there is the need for you to pay attention. He says, my son, give me attention. Give attention to my word. Incline your ears unto my saying. It's like a father or a mother who has sat the child down and talking to the child. And the child was playing on the phone. So he taps the child. He says, my son, pay attention to me. Listen to what I am saying. And so all of a sudden, the son drops the phone and he's fixated on you. His attention has been given to you. And so at that point, Whatever you are saying, he is receiving everything. Amen. Amen. And so Moses, he said, I will give attention to this fire that burns but does not consume the bush. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to him to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is a holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. For he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. Now, most, prior to this, 
Moses had run away from the face of Pharaoh because he had killed an Egyptian. And when the thing was made known to Pharaoh, he sought to kill him. And Moses ran away. He thought never to go back to Egypt. But after he had this encounter, he was able to stand face to face with Pharaoh. And he performed the wonders of God before Pharaoh. And he led the children of Israel out of Egypt into the land of Canaan. Although he himself did not step there. But it was through his leadership, it was through his leading that he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. And so divine encounter with God will cause a supernatural shift in your life. God, do not seek encounter. Seek God. In your pursuit of God, you will encounter Him. In you pursuing to know him, you will encounter him. So do not seek encounter at the expense of seeking him. When you seek encounter with no knowledge of him, even when you encounter him, you will not know. Because you lack knowledge. And so seek God. And do not seek encounter. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 9. Verse 3. And these, this is one man that also had an encounter with Jesus. He said, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly, a light shone around him from heaven. This was Saul, who so much persecuted the church. And the account tells us that he was going to take a letter and later to come and persecute the church the more. And whilst on his way to Damascus, there was an interruption. A light fell from heaven and struck him down. He said, then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, 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 why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the rock, the gods. Verse 6. So he, tre- he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise! Sorry! And go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Arise Sorry. and go into the city and you will be told what to do. And the man who journeyed with him stood, stood speechless hearing a voice but seeing no man. Then Saul arose from the ground and when his eyes were opened he saw no one but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. He was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias and to him the Lord said in vision, 
Ananias and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Amen. Amen. And you see, whenever there is a divine encounter, God tells you what to do. Whenever a, there, there is a divine encounter, when Moses encountered God in the burning bush that was not consumed, God told him to go back to Egypt to go and bring the children of Israel out of captivity. When Saul encountered Jesus, he told him what to do. He says, Arise and go. And you'll be told what to do in the city. Arise and go. So do not seek encounter. Seek God. Seek to know Him. And in your pursuit of Him, whilst you are pursuing a cause to know God, to know Jesus more, you will encounter Him in His Word. And He will tell you what to do. He will tell you to arise. And He will tell you to shine. Amen. When Gideon encountered God, God told him what to do. Gideon was considered himself as a man of no repute because his family was the least in Israel and he was even the least in his family. But God referred to him as a mighty man of valor and God told him what to do. So when you encounter God, when there is an encounter with Jesus Christ, with his power and with his Holy Spirit, he tells you what to do. Amen. Amen. Judges chapter 6 from verse 13 to 17. Amen. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of? Saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou makest, thou talkest with me. Look at the inferiority complex of Gideon. God is telling you that go in this might. You are saying I have no strength. He said, who am I to save Israel? Because my family is even of no repute in Israel. And I am even considered the least in my family. Where shall I deliver Israel? God is telling him, go, I will be with you. He said, show me a sign. Show me a sign. Even some of us, after we had encountered Jesus in his word, after we had come here to be prayed for, and we have encountered the power of God that brought healing to us, 
that brought deliverance to us, we still wonder if it is indeed God that healed us. Let me ask you, if it is not God that healed you, who healed you? Is it your father or your mother? After God had healed you, when you are sat there, and someone is being prayed for, the power of God comes upon the person. There is a manifestation. And the person is delivered. And the person shares a testimony. He said, before I came, I was feeling weakness all over my body. But after the prayers, I feel strengthened. And you are wondering, is this really true? Can it be that simple? That hands are lifted up on you. And there is a falling. And then all of a sudden, I am strengthened. And you are wondering. After all that you have seen, if not be the power of God, which man can do that? Praise Him. Jesus is alive. Amen. So don't be like Gideon. And doubt the power of God. And have an inferiority complex in you. That even when God is telling you that arise, shine. You say, How do I arise? But God is telling you arise. Because He has put that ability in you to arise. He is telling you to shine. He said, How do I shine? But how? He said, Shine. The ability to do what God tells you to do is in the instruction He gives you. Amen. Amen. And that instruction is communicated to you through His servants. So whatever the prophet tells you, whatever the man of God tells you, to you, you lack the ability to do that. But that ability to execute that instruction is embedded in that instruction. It is up to you to arise and to shine. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. Divine encounter is a divine elevator of lives and destiny. Divine encounter is a divine elevator of lives and destinies. It's like going to a third floor, a story building. If you are to use the staircase before you get to the tenth floor, you will be panting for bread. But just enter the elevator and within seconds you are on the tenth floor. That is what divine encounter does. And you will not encounter God outside of his word. You will not encounter God outside of his word. So Papa is telling us not to seek encounters. But we should seek God. Because whilst we are seeking God. We will encounter him. Whilst we are seeking to know him. We will encounter him. So seek to know him more. Than to seek for encounters. Because in your pursuit of knowing him. You will encounter him. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. The sixth key is the force of sacrifice. The force of sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. 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 A sacrifice is anything 
that inconveniences your life. So whatever you do for God, whatever you give God, whatever you give in the church, it, it does not inconvenience your life. It is not a sacrifice. Not at all. It must inconvenience you. Praise Him. It must inconvenience you. And it is at that point that when it inconveniences you, that is when God is moved and he moves on your behalf Amen. Amen Psalm 89 verse 19 Psalm 89 verse 19 It said Then you spoke in a vision to your Holy One and said I have given help to one who is mighty I have exalted one chosen from the people Verse 20. I have found my servant David. With my holy oil have I anointed him. I have found my servant David. With my holy oil have I anointed him. Amen. Amen. There was this man in the Bible that made a sacrifice to God. And the Bible says after the sacrifice, God could not sit upon his throne. God had to come down and ask him what he wants him to do for him. The man Solomon. The man Solomon. The Bible says he sacrificed multitude of cattle. He made a sacrifice to God. And the Bible says the aroma of this sacrifice went straight up to heaven. And it troubled God. And God came down. And he said, Pastor Lo, do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Do you want God to ask you that question this That you mention your name. He says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? God is ready to ask you that question. But only on the condition that you make a sacrifice. That you make a sacrifice. If only you will make that sacrifice. First Samuel. Chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. First Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed thee to captain to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rahel's potter in the border of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father had left the care of the asses, and so read for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this was the story of Saul. And you see, sacrifice and service go hand in hand. Sacrifice and service go hand in hand. Because service must precede greatness. Are you wishing to be great? To be a very prominent person. You must serve. And you must pay the price for it. That is, that is the sacrifice. Are you wishing for God to ask you. What shall I do for you? You must pay the sacrifice. You must pay the sacrifice for it. And there is a sacrifice that must be given. And there is a sacrifice that has been made. That must be made. And God 
when you make that sacrifice that is only when God will ask you what do you want me to do for you in Psalms the Bible says they that carry their seed to go and sow crying weeping they shall in no doubt return with their sheaves of joy the day that carry seed going for to sow weeping weeping said they shall in no doubt return with their sheaves of joy i see you coming back with your sheaves of joy amen i see you coming with your sheaves of joy amen amen shall we do something let us make a sacrifice now the reason why i call it a sacrifice is that you did not plan for it when you were coming i did not pre-inform you that we are going to do a giving we are going to give something and so you did not plan for it and so what you are going to give now it must inconvenience you this is not your offering it is not your altar it is not your covenant partners it is not your Bassin campaign. It is a sacrifice you are making. A sacrifice that will call on God and that God will ask us, What shall I do for you? What shall I do for you? May I have a bag, an offering bag, that you give a sacrifice that God will come, God will smell your sacrifice the aroma of your sacrifice and he will come down and ask you what shall I do for you what shall I do for you God is calling you to make a sacrifice this morning whatever you have whatever you have no this is not your offering and so when give this you will still give your offering you will give your altar seat you will give your basing campaign this is a sacrifice it is a sacrifice because it is going to inconvenience you it may even be your transportation it may even be what you are going to use to buy food in the afternoon but I am telling you to sacrifice and God will move on your behalf. Amen. If only you will believe whatever you have. Whatever you have. There will be a, come and drop it. It's a sacrifice. Whatever you have. In the name of Jesus. And I pray that as you are sowing this in tears. You are going. And your seeds of joy you will carry it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of whatever you have in your hands. If you have a child here. Give that child something. The child is sacrificing for his or her future. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Katlava Shatakapa. Ikapa Zakata Lekapara. Kandalaba Lekapa Shatakapa. Lekandalaba Shekapa Baba. Ikatalaba Kandalaba Shatakapa. Ishabalabalaba Kanda. Ikapalaba Kapa Baba Baba Baba. Ishabalaba Kandalaba. Yeah, boy.
Amen. Thank you for sacrificing. And God bless you. As you have given this, as you are, I don't call it giving, I call it a sacrifice. Amen. But if you gave, if you brought it and it's not going to inconvenience you, it is not a sacrifice. Because a sacrifice must inconvenience you. It must inconvenience you. That you begin to think, hey, so what am I going to do? That means there is an inconvenience. You have inconvenienced yourself because of the sacrifice. And God will look upon this sacrifice from heaven and he will ask you, what shall I do for you? Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 3 from the verse 1. 1 Kings chapter 3 from verse 1. First Kings chapter three verse one. Yes. And Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh king of Egypt and took Pharaoh's daughter and brought her into the city of David until he had made an end of building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall of Jerusalem ran about. Only the people sacrificed in high places because there was no house built unto the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord walking in the statutes of David, his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in high places. Verse 4. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. A thousand burnt offering did Solomon offer upon that altar. Verse 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Hold on. Okay. He says in the verse 4, he says, A thousand, a thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar in Gibeon. And right after that, he says, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask what I shall give thee. Ask what I shall give thee. Ask what I shall give thee. So do you want a supernatural shift in your life? A supernatural shift in your family? In your business? In your marriage? In your finances? The key a sacrifice. A sacrifice. We have been looking at the keys, the super the keys that for us to have the supernatural shift in this year and one is sacrifice it says a thousand bench offerings thousand thousand we are not talking about hundred 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 ten imagine killing cattle cows one one thousand thousand can we contain them in this compound and that was the bench offering Solomon offered to God I said in that same night at that same place he said in Gibeon that was where he made the sacrifice and he says in Gibeon the Lord appeared unto Solomon in a dream by night so probably he might have made the sacrifice from morning to evening because the animals were so much. Imagine how long it would take to kill thousand cows. 
And so it would have been from morning to Amen. evening. And he said, In that night, the Lord appeared unto Solomon. He said, Ask me what you want me to do. Just say it. Just say it. And what did Solomon ask for? He asked for wisdom. And God said, Because thou hast not asked for this, you have not asked that your enemy should die, that I should kill your enemy, because you have, you have asked for understanding hearts. An understanding heart. He said, I will give you all the riches. And the Bible says he was the richest man Solomon. He had it all. He had it all. That is why he could advise you and tell you that everything is vanity. Because he had everything. He had everything. If he was today, he would have been all the billionaires in the world combined. Yet they will not match him. Amen. Amen. And so sacrifice will cause God to ask you what you want him to do for you. Amen. Amen. Service is a status changer. It is a shifter and lifter of men. Saul was the wanderer that became the king of Israel by looking for his father's donkeys. The place of service is the place of termination of captivity. Anyone too big to serve God is too small to be lifted by God. If you think you are too big to serve God, and serving God is not only by coming and sitting here on Sundays, yes, it's part of your service to God. But beyond that, service goes beyond that. Your service to God goes beyond that. And so someone comes to call you someone wakes up at dawn and comes to call you to come to church that person is rendering service to God and to the church and if you that someone will wake up from the comfort of his bed at dawn and come and knock at your door to wake you up and by the time the person gets you are still sleeping do you think you are rendering the same service as that person and do you think God is going to reward you equally certainly not so your service that you could also render to God is that while someone is coming to call you you should also make an effort to go and call somebody so you are going to call somebody that person has also purpose in his heart and he's going to call somebody and that somebody has also purpose in his heart to go and call another person so by the time this person comes, you are all ready. And you will not be late to church. Amen. Amen. That is when you can say you are serving God. Because service and sacrifice must inconvenience you. You must leave the convenience and comfort of your bed. And purpose in your heart to get someone to church. So that you are not late. Amen. 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 Put your hands together for Amen. the Lord. Amen. The last key is the force of excellence. The force of excellence. The force of excellence. You see, excellence 
Is that situation? So we pay, sir. Is that moment? Biana. That someone tells you you have done very well. Why you are there? And yet you feel within yourself that it is not enough. There is more I can do. That is the point you can say you are pursuing excellence. Excellence is not mediocrity. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. Amen. Amen. Excellence goes beyond good. It goes beyond better. And it goes beyond best. When people have told you that you have done very well, it's like a student. Your first semester in school, you did eight courses. And you had six A1s or A+. And all your colleagues are hailing you. Because you are the only person that scores six ones or six A's. But within you, the other two courses, you could have scored an A. And so the next semester, you strive to get A's in all. Then the following semester, it's not just by getting an A. Because the A falls in a range. From 80 to 100. So if I score 80 and I have an A, and you score 95 and you also have an A, we have all scored A's. But when we are looking for the most, the most excellent student, he will be chosen over me because he scored 95 out of 100. So you go beyond scoring A to scoring the optimum. Which is hundred. Amen. Amen. That is when you can say you are pursuing excellence. Oh, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Daniel chapter one, chapter Daniel six, Huma. verse one to three. Daniel chapter six. Daniel Huma. It says it pleased Darius to set Esau. over the kingdom Darius. one hundred and twenty satraps to be over the whole kingdom. Verse two. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them, so that the king would not suffer loss. Verse 3. He said, this, then this Daniel, then this Daniel, Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit was in him. Excellence will cause you to be noticed. Excellence will cause you to be set apart. Excellence will distinguish you. Excellence will make you known. Amen. Amen. So in all you do, pursue excellence. Especially when it comes to the things of God. And the church. Pursue excellence. Pursue excellence. Because of excellence, your work starts at 8 in the office and because you know that if you should leave home at 6 a.m. because of traffic you will get to the office at 9 and that will not make you an excellent worker and so you wake up at 4 so that by 5.30 you have set off to work to get to work at 8 so that you are known to be an excellent staff that is good that is distinguishing that is what distinguishes you what about when it comes to god when it comes to church a sunday a holiday as a christian 
So and especially when you are in salvation training, Sunday is equally as your Monday to Friday. Because it is a day to work for God. So while you do your secular work Monday to Friday, and you think you get paid for it, on Sundays too, you must work for God. And God will pay you for it. Because it says your labor will not be in vain. Amen. Amen. So if on working days, Monday to Friday, you wake up at 5, oh, sorry. No, no, so that you are not late to no, work, no, no. or to the market, and no, no. then on Sunday, and if you, down, so you have no moral no. right to wake up at 6.30, because it is, it is a Sunday. A that means you are not being excellent. It, it means there is no excellent spirit in you. It means you are a man or a woman of mediocrity. You settle for the less. You are not excellent. Amen. 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 Because an excellent Christian would definitely become an excellent citizen. You may strive to be an excellent citizen without being an excellent Christian. But that is the only extent to which your excellence could go. And it is limited. But if you are excellent as a Christian, it transcends into every realm of your life. Every facet of your life, you will display excellence. Because there is an excellent spirit in you. Amen. Amen. Excellence will bring both eminence and prominence. And when you travel the road of excellence, you must reach the place of influence, eminence, and affluence. And you see, excellence will take you places. In Proverbs, it says, Seest thou a man diligent in his deeds? He said, He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. That is what excellence does. And have you seen a man that is excellent, that is diligent in the things he does? He said he will stand before kings and not mere men. Mere men. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. So excellence will bring you to the place of prominence, so influence, and affluence. Amen. 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 So when you are excellent, so it will carry you to out. places that you had never thought of being. And your excellence must start with God. In the things of God. In all your doing, in whatever you do, even just coming to church, let there be an excellence in your coming to church. How early you come to church, how well you dress to church, how well you comport yourself in church, there must be an excellence. Everything you do, in your giving, in your singing, in your dancing, in your shouting, whatever you do, in the church, there must be excellence in it. We must see excellence in it. Amen. 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 And God has given you that excellence. He has given you that excellence. 
He said, for there was an excellent spirit in him. Say, I have an excellent spirit. I have an excellent spirit. I have an excellent spirit. Therefore, Therefore, in all I do in the church, I do it with excellence. In the name of Jesus. From today, today, let God see your excellence. Let God see excellence in the things you do. That everything you do, there is an excellence in it. Even if you are sweeping the church, sweep it with excellence. If you are dusting the church, do it with excellence. If you are playing the instrument, play it with excellence. If you are ushering, usher with excellence. You cannot usher with excellence. When you come to church late, there is no excellence in lateness. Amen. Amen. Are you here? Yes. I am saying that there is no excellence in lateness. So you cannot be an excellent usher when you come to church late. You cannot be an excellent chorister when you come for rehearsals late or you do not come at all when you come to church late. It is when service has begun that you throng in as an usher or a chorister. There is no excellence in what you are doing. And you see, that's why the Bible says, Cursed be that man that doeth the work of God anyhow. When you are doing it anyhow, it means you are not diligent about it. You are not applying excellence. And so you are doing it anyhow. And there is no reward in doing things anyhow. If the thing is worth doing, then it is worth doing well. If it must be done, it must be done well. Amen. It must be done well. And with all excellence, with all precisions, it must be done well. Amen. 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 So if you know you come to church, not that if, if you know when you are coming to church we, we must see excellence in your coming to church by coming to church early. Amen. 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 By being engaging in service. When we are singing worship. When we are praising, engage in the moment. When we are shouting, you must shout. When we are clapping, you must clap. When we are standing, you must stand. That shows that you are operating with excellence. And that you are being diligent about what you are doing. But don't do it as though you are being compelled to do it. Don't do it under compulsion. Be diligent about it. Be purposeful about it. And whilst you are doing this, be purposeful about the excellence of it. Be, ex- be purposeful about the excellence of it. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. And you see, whatever you do for God with excellence, you will be able to do your own things with excellence. If you do it for God excellently, you do it for your wife excellently. You do it for your husband excellently. You do it for your children excellently. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. If you do it for God excellently, even when you are dressing to come to church, the dress you pick, the Holy Spirit will tell you, it will not make you look excellent. 
because you are already doing it for God excellence. And God wants excellence. God wants excellence. If your boss or your workplace deserves your excellence, then God equally deserves your excellence. Give him your all. Give him your all. And he will bring you to that position of influence and affluence. He will make you a man of eminence and prominence. A woman of eminence and prominence. A child of excellence. Will be a child of prominence and eminence. Amen. Amen. Who is an excellent child? He is that one that knows that I must read my notes. And not be watching television into the night. And when it is time for me to read, I will start sleeping. It doesn't make you an excellent student. Amen. Amen. And so if you are a child here and you come to church late, you are not an excellent student because you are not being excellent to God. You are not giving God your excellence. And so he can also not give you his excellence. Are we here? And so if you are a parent here, how beautiful is it? How beautiful it is that your child has completed school. And then he goes to check his or her results. And you see nine ones. Nine ones. Or eight eights. How would you feel as a parent? The ecstatic. How beautiful it will be to make it known to the whole world. And that excellence can only be accomplished when God gives him an excellent spirit. And so if you are a parent here, try as much as possible as you strive to pay the fees of your children, as you strive to bring them up well, buy the best clothes for them, strive to make sure that they attain excellence in the sight of God. That they achieve excellence in the sight of God. Amen. If they have achieved excellence in the sight of God, who is a man to fail them? Who is a man to restrict them? There will be no restrictions. There will be no failure. So please, parents, mothers and fathers here, whatever it takes, for your child to attain excellence for God. So long as it depends on you, do it. Yeah. And so make sure your child comes to church early. Amen. Amen. When you do this, you are saving yourself from a lifetime of headache and heartache. Because there are a lot of parents that are going through pains because of their children. Not that they are old. Between the ages of 10 and 17, these are the children that are giving heartache and headache to their parents. Because you did not cause them to attain excellence in the sight of God. And so now you want them to attain worldly excellence. They don't need What they needed, you didn't give it to them. And so what you need, they will not be able to give you. Amen. Amen. Our time is gone. Praise Him. Jesus is alive. I hope you have learned something. Oh, yes. You have learned something.
that we need a supernatural shift in our lives. And the keys that will activate this supernatural shift. The keys of wisdom that will activate this supernatural shift. One we said is your knowledge of God. And two we said is the force of light which is the word of God. Then we said the force of prayer that's the third one. And then we said the force of fasting. Divine encounter. The force of sacrifice. And the force of excellence. If you operate in all these, if you work with all these, you will see a supernatural shift in your life. And God is true to His word. He is not the man that He should lie, neither the Son of Man that He should change His mind. Once He has said it, He will do it. And if He has promised, He will fulfill it. Amen. Amen. Praise Him. Jesus, Jesus. Put your hands together for God. And be on your feet. And lift up your hands and begin to thank God for His word that you have heard. In the name of Jesus, thank God for the word that you have heard this morning. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say, my Father, my Lord. My Father, my Lord. My Father, my Lord. My Father, my Lord. Baptize me today. Baptize me today. With your spirit of excellence. 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 Baptize me today. Baptize me today. With your spirit of excellence. With your spirit of excellence. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Begin to pray.